Hi, and welcome to another edition of ProBline. I'm your host, Reed Howey. Uh, I want to thank the good people down at the thrift shop for making this and other programs at Grassroots uh, possible through a generous annual grant. Uh, ProBline is here to help you get to know the folks who are running for elected office in Aspen a little bit better. And today we have a relative newcomer to politics, Rachel Richards, um, and we're going to spend some time getting to know her a little bit better. Hi, Rachel. Hey, Reed. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. Oh, it's fantastic to be here. Yeah. So, as a relative newcomer <laughs> to politics, when did you first run for office and which office was it? Okay. I first ran, or I was elected in the spring of 1991. Uh, I ran for a city council seat. I was very proud to have uh, obtained that uh, as I turned 30. And uh, Eve Homeyer was my treasurer. Eve mm. uh, caught me in the uh, produce section of City Market and said we'd been uh, at some Where meetings. Where she does some of her best, or did some of her best corralling. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> I, I think so. And just offered that, uh, you know, if I wanted to get involved, she'd like to support me. And yeah. I picked up on the next dial with her. I said, you know, I have been thinking about that. Right. And so we sat and talked issues and make sure there was enough uh, agreement. And um, it was great to work with Eve and get to know her. Why did her. she seek you out? Uh, I had become involved in a number of issues locally as a volunteer, uh, first starting with the Clean Air Advisory Board and then um, also the uh, Housing Board. But prior to all that, when people ask, where did you really get started, yeah. uh, I was living in Aspen Village. We had a mobile home there, and uh, my ex-husband uh, was complaining about the Burnt Mountain expansion that was uh, on tap. And I said, well, hey, I read there's this public meeting. Why don't you go and, and say some of these concerns you have about wildlife or the need and mediocre skiing? And he said, oh, I can never do that. <laughs> and I said, well, I'll make you a deal. You write a letter for the public record, and I'll go to the meeting and say something. Wow. And that's when I first met uh, Dottie Fox and Joy Caudill and Connie Harvey. And I spoke about the concerns uh, with too much growth. And I think they were like, oh, some new blood. <laughs> you know, come on <laughs> in. And I just started getting involved with that. And Picking County appointed me to their wildlife task force because yeah. they put that together to look at habitat fragmentation and other concerns. So that really was the wildlife task force in Burr Mountain was kind of what got you up out of the chair to... Get well, involved. that is, and I've also um, uh, pointed out that Picking County at the time, uh, Colette Penn was one of the county commissioners, and with Colorado Mountain College, they were sponsoring a series called Hard Choices. Right. And I think the premise was unlimited demands, limited resources, therefore hard choices. And as I attended a few of those, and it certainly came from watching your child grow up and thinking about their future, I, it just stirred that spark. Yeah. So that was a while ago. Yes. And then since then, you've been a council. I've been person, a council member and mayor of Aspen. Mayor, and now back to council. Yes. After leaving the commission. With any luck at all, and yeah. a little faith. So, what keeps you going? I mean, how many meetings have you been to? <laughs> I guess I don't count it that way, but I do count the things that we've gotten done for the community and which our residents and our visitors and our workforce all enjoy. Yeah. Uh, I think I may have had this inside me from uh, growing up in the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, that's where I came from. I moved I to Aspen in 1978, uh, Silver Spring, Maryland. And politics tends to be a lot more front center there all the time. 
And so we are watching the, the protests on the college campuses, the Vietnam War, the civil rights movement, the women's movement, uh, environmental concerns, uh, Clean Water Act, Clean Air Act, yeah. all these things were packed uh, during that time period. And again, once you have a child, you, you kind of leave some of the, the fun things of late night Aspen and you start to uh, think about your future for your child. Right. And so I, I wanted to follow that role model that was out there of Earth Day and these things. And, and this community always supported those goals. I, I felt like I, I found the, the perfect fit of people wanting to protect their public lands, their water, yeah. their community. So growing up in Silver Spring, was your family in government? No, my father was an attorney suit. and my yeah. mother was uh, an artist. Mm -hmm. Oh, wonderful. That's great. I know. It, it, it's, it also clearly helps inform um, me when you go back and see the overgrowth in those areas. Uh, every country road my father ever took us for a, a ride on as kids to get out of the house on Sunday morning, it's a, it's a megalopolis. And, mm -hmm. and it, 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 I kept going back to visit while my parents were alive. And I think, boy, haven't they ever heard of zoning or, or historic right. preservation right. or watched little Bethany Beach, Delaware, which was a dry town. So it kind of the development passed over it. And when they finally passed the liquor license, they tore down these wonderful Victorians on the yeah. beachfront. Uh, it's horrible. Yeah. It's almost impossible to to get out in the country on your way to Baltimore anymore. That's right. And then you go That's beyond. Right. And it's still like, no, I'm in Philadelphia. What's going yeah. on? And, and, and you know, but we're, we're just blessed to have public lands here. Yeah. Um, it's the west of the imagination, and um, it's a, a stewardship responsibility of all of us. Yeah. You, you certainly played a large role in that. No, thank you. But this is not about me. Okay. I appreciate it, though. Um, the, how did you find your way out here, then? What's your... Genesis story for traveling yeah. to Aspen. Uh, and is there a van involved? <laughs> no, there was a Greyhound bus involved. Okay. Uh, I um, had probably a little bit of mother-daughter stuff in my um, later, you know, 17 years old. Right. I worked uh, while I was in high school um, at uh, Deli's as chef and also was a uh, cashier at a Sheraton restaurant. Uh, and all my friends were kind of going to 13th grade, you know, their parents' money, but no real goal or responsibility. So I was going to take a skip here. And I wrote to the state of Colorado, and they sent me the visitor packet, the relocation packet. And I looked at that map, and I saw four ski areas that close together. I said, that was it. And yeah. uh, I were sold my 60. Were you a skier back there? Yes, or, yes. Yeah, okay. An East Coast skier. Right. And, and picking up late in life. Uh, it wasn't until you saw the real mountains uh, that you realized how, how much <laughs> more right. you had to learn and, right. and how the real ski racers uh, started about uh, eight months or something now, I think. So mm -hmm. uh, that wasn't going to happen. But... Um, I, I sold my 69 Mustang and came with $1,000 in my pack pocket and took the Greyhound bus across country for three days. Wow. Spent the first night in the refurbished, or the unrefurbished Hotel Jerome. Right. It was $17.50 a night. Yeah. $17.50 a night, and uh, that was too expensive, so I moved over to the Little Red Ski House the next morning. That's great. <laughs> my first night, it was 11. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. Well, that's a, that's a classic Aspen story. And the, yeah. You know, this kind of, I came out for a season and now I've been here for 30 years. 40 years. 40 years. But how do you make that, how do you make all of that work? And, and uh, well, uh, you know, I think that this is uh, maybe an important component. Um, I am older now, and that gives you perspective on a lot of things. 
but I have lived through those challenges and mm -hmm. I know what it's like to, you know, really be roommate surfing or, you know, my first year with the Silver King, I think we had repeated turnover with roommates uh, yeah. who, uh, who would promise to be there for six months and left after three. Uh, working multiple jobs, I would add here that the entire time I served as a Siddell Council member, I also worked full-time as an advertising distribution manager for Don and Jill Sheely at Aspen Activity Center. Yeah. Uh, I worked with them for 20 years. And uh, it was a great way to get to know the community or uh, hear input and sometimes issues I'd been wrestling with that would take multiple paragraphs for me to explain somebody else could put it in two sentences, mm -hmm. observing the same thing. I, I always really appreciate that connection with the community. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And, and you have one son, yes. right? Yes, yes. And what's he up to? Uh, Jacob Where's is uh, going to be 38 on Valentine's Day. He was a Valentine's boy. And uh, he is uh, in Grand Junction and also uh, in the area of the Black Canyon on the Gunnison. And for the past three years, uh, he's been a fly fishing and rafting guide there, a little slice of heaven, certainly, mm -hmm. for him. Uh, he graduated from uh, Mesa College, Mesa State, they call it now, Mesa University, right. in Grand Junction with a degree in social anthropology. And uh, one of, kind of a sad story, uh, but one of his, his true first love, you know, coming out of college and, and literally some of the troubles he came out of here in Aspen, the woman uh, he was dating, Connie Murillo, um, they were too young to really make it and get married, but uh, stayed very good friends in the same working collective. They did a lot of social activism there as a group. She passed away last March from breast cancer. Oh, sorry. To uh, hear that. I know, and it's 39 years old and um, had two sons and another family who are part of that um, circle of people of activism. They uh, are married and have taken them in as care caregivers yeah. to keep the two boys together. Um, different dads are participating, but Jacob's kind of a step uncle, I guess, to wrap it all up. And I, yeah. as close as I may become to a grandmother, I'm a, a step auntie. We spent some Christmas time with them, and I try yeah. to visit when I can. And um, so it, it's funny where life takes you sometimes. Yeah, it is. Well, it's always full of challenges, and then you need to bounce back. Well, it, it is, and uh, we just. Um, you know, all committed to Connie and, and a huge community that she had developed there that we mm -hmm. would do all we could for her when she was yeah. gone, her kids. Well, great. I'm glad to hear that he's doing well. Yeah, he is. Thank point. you. That's good. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for asking. Sure. So you've been doing this for a while. Yeah. You're all kidding aside about being a newcomer to politics. You, you are somebody who has a great deal of history and has been involved in a number of things. I mean, what gets you up and going to run this time? What motivates that? Thank you for that question. Um, there's always more to do. You know, you, you solve some problems incrementally. Um, housing and transportation will perhaps always be with us as issues that a community works to resolve, works to improve. Uh, but other things, uh, they don't get settled forever. The Yellow Brick School was a good child care center for a while. Now we need more child care facilities, desperately. It's acute. I'd like to get back to, to doing things like that as I did before. I, I worked to make the deal happen with the school district to preserve the yellow brick school. We had mm -hmm. to do the red brick first. That right. was a little more critical. But we were able to preserve both of those. And uh, we're seeing new challenges now, in particularly some of those values I talked about earlier on, um, public lands. Uh, the federal assault on what I believe to be the values that our community holds, uh, it's not just about keeping 
the public lands in Colorado public, but we vacation in Utah and Arizona and New Mexico, and no one wants to see those desert landscapes ruined. Mm -hmm. uh, there are current efforts to, quote, reform the Endangered Species Act, <laughs> kind of wiping it out, uh, efforts to uh, limit public access to the studies for environmental impact statements, efforts to reform NEPA, the National Environmental Policy Act, lowering water quality standards, lowering air quality standards. And while I wouldn't see it as a major focus of the city, mm -hmm. it's not that hard to raise your voice. It's not your hard to give a letter of support to your senators or make a public comment. And Aspen has that sort of uh, ability to make a difference. Uh, through the Colorado Association of Ski Towns, uh, Colorado Municipal League, and potentially the National League of Cities. I think those folks who may dominate those organizations on the East Coast need to understand our wildfire risk, what's happening to us when they cut the Forest Service by 30% of their funding and they're not able to do mitigation projects, and that it's their, it's their public lands that mm -hmm. are potentially being sold. I think Everyone I know always dreams of taking that road trip across the West and seeing those great monuments and our great national parks. And when they can shrink, I mean, it's not just bear's ears, but right. they can go all the way back to uh, Staircase Escalante and say, we're reducing the size of that. Then the Maroon Bells is vulnerable. Then everything we know and we think is settled is actually vulnerable. Um, other issues have come up that I think the city should at least raise its voice on, such as the high cost of individual health care in our valley. We're, we're practically the highest in the entire country for people who are on an individual policy. They don't have a group policy, they're not on Medicare, they're not on Medicaid, and they're paying the highest rates in the country. Uh, that is hurting small businesses. It's hurting individuals. I've heard contractors who are turning away work to stay under the threshold to be able to get the, the um, Affordable oh, Care the Act 50, subsidy. Yeah, yeah I, it starts to get absurd. And we have um, about 15% of our population in Picking County, perhaps 17%, they are looking at the new numbers, uninsured, mm -hmm. uninsured. And that, that affects everyone's well-being when your community is like that. So. There's been efforts at the state legislature. I have testified on bills to address these over the past few years, and we've just now seen the change this past November in our state legislature. I think we're going to see some real movement on those things, and we want to make sure they're beneficial to us, not hurting us. There are uh, other items as well that are really perking up, like the Gallagher Amendment, and not to get too technical, it affects the rents for small businesses and for tenants through a pass-through rate ratio. And the commercial businesses are constantly- Just a second, so the people know the Gallagher Amendment okay, is thank you. how property taxes Assessments are, are made. Assessments, yeah. Yes, thank you for that. It, uh, the Gallagher Amendment tried to cement a ratio between commercial and residential right. properties in place uh, 20 plus years ago. And the front range growth in residents which is also taking a lot of our water, uh, is so much that the commercial is bearing more and the residential is going lower. Right. And that is always passed through to the tenants on a triple net lease in our community and probably everywhere. It's also affecting special districts because they're not collecting the same revenues. And so whether it's school districts or uh, CMC or other types of special districts like fire districts, they're suffering. So the state is trying to come up with some answers. And you want to have some participation or some 
support when those bills go forward or making mm -hmm. sure that they're, again, not detrimental to us. Um, there's almost always winners and losers in yeah. legislation, and if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. Yeah. So. Well, those are all um, pretty, uh, I don't know if it's global or interconnected kind of issues that are, how does Aspen relate to the outside world? Yeah. You know, how, how can we do that? Which is great. Um, it, it, it makes me think of two things. Please. One is, um, you have a unique position of having been uh, on the courthouse side and on the city hall side. Yes. Um, and then what are the sort of inside the boundary of Aspen issues? But let me start with the courthouse, you know, crossing Main Street sure. from city hall to the courthouse. How, how do you see the relationship, I'm curious, between the city and the county and 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 as you know, yeah. when I was with the county, we had I think seven joint departments. Yeah, yeah. Which we don't have anymore. Yes. Um, but I'm, I'm curious yeah, what you think. Yeah. You have and, a good background on I, that. I, 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 I do want to emphasize it's very important, and I've been commenting with Q and A's about in town issues, and I think those are predominant. But you can't say we're concerned about small business or we're concerned about our workforce and then not pay attention to those issues that affect them as well. Right. But moving on, uh, what I see is there's a lot of good work between the staffs still and with the growth of the community, the activity from 20 years ago, I think it became literally too much. And uh, one of the best examples might be that the county separated the um, IT department, the right. information technology, not too long ago, because it, it just was, were we getting what we needed for the contribution to be able to reach our public, to have the right things, to advance the broadband, to be evaluating the type of new software, Eden system finally died, <laughs> we're having to, to do migration of all of our operating systems to a new program. Um, and so even the planning director, I think, was the first position to really split mm -hmm. uh, because you're asking a planning director to try to manage things uh, up in Meredith and the Crystal River Valley and the airport business center at the same time, all this focus on in-town things. It right. just literally became too much. And so there's what I see is the value of collaboration and cooperation on a lot of these other issues. The county is taking those sort of issues I've talked about forward because I brought them to the table. I said we have time for them and I traveled to make sure uh, our voice was heard, whether it was Club 20, mm -hmm. uh, which I'm still secretary of that organization, uh, whether it was Northwest Council of Governments Water, um, or whether it was CCI down at the State House. And uh, by collaborating, we don't have to have two different people doing this sort of thing. We can lean on some of the county's work uh, to take issues forward. Water is one of the ones where I see so much more value and benefit uh, of working together. Um, I was former chair of, just passed it along a few months ago, of Northwest Council of Government's Water Quality and Quantity Commission. That's 45 different sand districts, water providers, uh, and environmental groups throughout the headwater regions. So we're all the diverted people from right. Grand Junction through Gunnison. And we band together to try to make sure legislation's not going to hurt us. These things are multi-year processes to get a result. You know that as much as anyone. And I and others work to get land use, planning, nexus with water use inserted into the state water plan. 
That was over the objection of some of those front-range communities. But we formed a partnership and a coalition to issue a joint statement from Broomfield, the city of Denver, and Boulder, along with Eagle County, Summit, and Pitkin. And because we'd had that cross-continental relationship, they included it in the state water plan. It's become a new emphasis. It used to be the third rail. No right. one's going to touch land use planning. That's right. local control. But we've made sure that those sort of things go forward. I see more work that the city and the county can do together on the watershed here. And I'd like to be a part of that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, thank you. Well, what about, speaking of intractable issues, mm -hmm. you know, what about transportation for the city of Aspen? Where do you, where do you oh, see boy. that going? Not that I want to bring yeah, up a hornet's yeah, yeah. nest. Uh, Actually, I do, but. <laughs> that's what you're here for. That's right. That's what we're all here for. Um, I, I want to deviate for one more second sure. on your first one. Um, I also see far more collaboration and, and value uh, by working together better on the housing issues. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was not my choice, but years ago, the city and the county changed the structure of the housing board so there were no elected officials. And before then, there were. And I think that that affected communications and benefits. I remember a time when the city loaned the county the money to buy the Woody Creek Mobile Home Park because the county didn't have it and to make that conversion happen. And so that's another reason I'm running. We have a lot of housing questions right now and housing values. And by pulling those resources together, we can solve this better regionally. Mm -hmm. So I'll leave it there. I'd go further into that. But uh, your, your other question was? Well, I was going to divert you to transportation okay. with that, but now I'm curious about housing. Okay, yeah. We can come back to that. Yeah, um, that'll always be there. Yeah, exactly. Because, <laughs> um, you know, everybody wants housing. Everybody says we need more worker housing, and, 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 and it is, it's a refrain. It could be on a flag, mm. you know, that this is what we do. But what, do you, what does one actually do, you know, yeah. to be able to create more housing? What, what, what are we willing to trade off to do it? You know, that has always been the question. Yeah. And um, my experience is that we should look at these things with a critical eye and make sure any housing is appropriately scaled to the community when it's dispersed or smaller projects. Uh, the housing program support only stands on the quality of the last project that was built, how well it fits in the neighborhood. But we have other opportunities even now, uh, multiple really. Uh, Burlingame phase three could proceed. The, the uh, planning and what you call programming and then designing for something like a BMC West. Uh, but at the same time, we have to make sure we don't lose units we already have, which is why the county stepped in to buy the Phillips Mobile Home Park mm -hmm. uh, over there, you know, leaving the valley a little bit. Um, that was going to be a scrape and replace and become two single-family homes. So you can't keep building here and losing there. Uh, I think for me, and if we go back to the original 1993 Aspen Area Community Plan, our housing program isn't just about workers. It is about maintaining a sense of community from one generation to the next. It was our attempt, uh, against all odds perhaps, with the price of free market real estate here, to maintain a community. Uh, that it wasn't just going to close all the lights at night and just be all second homes. I think that diversity has been part of our real success and certainly the support for our nonprofits and volunteers and thinkers. So 
some of those values are under attack. Uh, I, I received a mailer from the Red Ant asking me my questions to answer, and one of those was, would I support buying down all the existing affordable housing ownership units and turning them into rental units so that we could control the people better? And we could say you've been used up, or uh, the number of hours you have to work a year could be changed. So be it, it, to make it more stridently employee housing rather than and a, and a control community. factor. Yeah. Uh, that issue of well, that way we'll all be rental, and we can say you can't retire till you're 72, right. or maybe you can't retire in your unit at all. We want you to move once you're no longer working x many hours, or you know, I just. A lot of those values that I think were part of our housing program and certainly part of the support for it, to my mind, everyone knows a school teacher who may be in the greater pool of housing or the school district's housing or a volunteer fireman or, or others. And our, it, but we did put all that together more. when yeah. none of us were going to get old. That's right, you know, that's now, right. But now we have to kind of deal with. Yeah, what, there are certainly new issues that always come right. up. Um, the capital reserve and maintenance issues are one that is of concern to me. And um, I actually brought with me the two different uh, kind of battling proposals that the city and the county had put together that we, we hit a bit of a, a deadlock. Um, um, and that hasn't been addressed. Yeah. And I, I feel it should be. And that with a little compromise and not just our way or we're going to dissolve the housing office, which mm -hmm. was a little bit of a, uh, a threat that came out um, this summer uh, from the city side, uh, was like, no, there there's are more affordable and more manageable right. ways to do this than right. the, the city's original proposal. Transportation, we only have a minute or two. A minute or two. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, very hopeful that the RAFTA tax, which we just passed, the new resources, uh, integrating things like WeCycle, valley-wide system, will help alleviate it. Um, I uh, was mayor when we formed the Regional Transportation Authority, so I know how to work regionally to accomplish goals. But I do think we have to be realistic. The Mid-Valley growth uh, and the increasing commuting workforce are going to be real challenges. I am not running on any sort of, quote, transportation issue, but I think it's going to come up over the next few mm -hmm. years. These things don't go away. Mm -hmm. And I think I would be a good person at the table to make sure we have a thorough conversation about it, a thoughtful conversation, and look at where we want to be in 20 years or 15 years. You, if we get too caught up in the moment, we don't plan for the future. We, right. it's, it's better to plan and create the future you want than just always fight the future you don't. Um, that's what I look at. All right. One more question. Sure. A little bit off topic, but how do you relax in Aspen? <laughs> well, uh, every now and then there's a pie baking contest at the Carbondale <laughs> Mountain Fair. I really enjoy that. And um, I feel a little behind the curve on my campaign compared to others because I uh, ate a whole bunch of Christmas cookies to give to a lot of the volunteers in our community and, That's great. and friends. And um, I love to garden. Uh, I have a, a nice little collection of columbines in front of my little deed-restricted unit at Hunter Creek because I'm on the ground floor and can do that. Um, that sort of thing. Great. Hiking, walking, a little bit. Rachel, Thank thanks Thank very you. much. Great to see you. Um, and Thank you for watching us and uh, hope you uh, learned something about our newcomer to politics here, uh, Rachel Richards, who is running to be your next council person. Thanks. Thanks, Grassroots.